Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Baldwin Bruin Sports Podcast alongside Tyler Brown. I'm Yao Bonsu, and guys, listen, we are quickly approaching the end of the show. As sad as it is, we just keep on marching forward. And although this is not the last episode of the Baldwin Bruin Sports Podcast, it is coming real soon, sadly. But for this episode, we have our last spring athlete interview. Tyler interviews Mike Perret. And I won't keep you guys any longer. Here's the interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bolden Bruins Sports Podcast. I'm Tyler Brown, and I'm here with Michael Perret. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Tyler? I'm great. You know, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, this is my last interview for the Bolden Bruins Sports Podcast. It was great. I loved it. We're not going to talk about that right now. So what have you been doing during this quarantine to keep yourself occupied and keep yourself entertained or whatever the case is? I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot of video games. It's been a lot of just going online, different sleep schedules. But I've been I've been trying to keep in shape, working out here and there. Not as much as I should, but it's kind of been hard with the gyms being closed, as I usually go a lot. But just trying to stay active, continue playing baseball and stuff. So, so what video games are we talking about right now? Uh, favorite video game has to be a Rainbow Six Siege. Best oh. Best shooter of all time, hands down. And uh, I've been I play FIFA a lot too, so those two. Yeah. I could definitely approve of that of that rainbow. I, I like rainbow too. I enjoy that. But all right, so let's get into the interview. Let's kick it off with just you know a little simple question. College. So let's just talk about college a little bit because I know Michael Perry probably has colleges left and right, calling him, texting him, "Oh, come to my school. We want you on campus." So where are you taking your talents next year? Um, I'm actually going to Baruch College in the city uh, for accounting. So it, it was it was definitely a tough decision. It kind of came down to last minute, kind of sat down with my parents on April. It was like April 31st. They didn't know what I was doing. My parents were like, Michael, you need to know where you're going. And the deadline's tomorrow. I was like, well, I kind of just, they talked about what was best for me. And I realized what, what made sense and it was going to Baruch. So what made you pick Baruch over these other colleges that you probably had lined up and the other acceptances you had? Well, Baruch is in the city, and what I'm going for is accounting. And in the city, you have a lot of opportunities with internships with those big companies. As a business person, you kind of want to – your goal is to go and work in the city. That's where the big bucks are. And it just made sense to to stay kind of local because – I always envisioned myself staying in New York, but it just decided Baruch just made sense for me. I'm more the type of guy, like, as much as I love New York, you know, raised here, a little bit in Queens, a little bit in Long Island, you know, I just I just can't. Like, I don't know. It's just something about it. It's a little iffy. I have to at least try somewhere else, you know. That's why try. I feel Yeah, like- that's also a thing is that if I stay in New York, I kind of know everyone. Like, there's gonna, definitely going to meet different people, but – the people from New York, you kind of know how they are, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of a bad thing, though, because I'm not really getting outside of my comfort zone, I guess. But it just made sense to stay in New York. You know, New York, especially in the city, pretty diverse. You'll meet a lot of different people from different places. So it'll definitely come to you at some point if you don't travel already, eventually, while you're at least. All right, so I haven't asked anybody this question yet, but what do you plan on – like, what are your goals? What are you planning on achieving? Like, what are you pursuing when you go to college? Like, what is your intention? Like, what do you plan to do? Uh, 
first things always got to be education. If that's not the number one priority going to college, I don't think you have your goals and mindset correctly. So education is definitely number one. Uh, I'm going there to get good grades and and get my degree. That's that's top priority. But to not say that I'm also going to get a college experience would be a lie. I'm trying to get outside of my comfort zone, like I said. I've kind of been uh, more you know, laid back throughout high school. Not the guy you would expect to be shouting out of the hallways and stuff, but I kind of like that about me. But I try to, I'll try to get outside my comfort zone a little bit more and try to get to know people, of course. It's a new experience. You have to make new friends, get new friend circles. And I'll just try to be a little different than I am right now. Like what I like about college and like the thought about it at least and like going somewhere else and experiencing things and finding new people is that you find different ways to interact with people. Like you gain more people skills. You find a way to talk to people that aren't from New York. Maybe maybe people from New York are like somewhat kind of disrespectful. You know, there's a group of you know there's a group of people, you know, yeah. the city stuff like that. But there's other people in different places who are a lot nicer, who have different tones, who give you different like vibes and energy. Like I like that. Like I want to find as many different people as possible. So I know what I'm getting myself into. But um, I know this is like an opinion, and we're going to kind of move on to baseball now. I know this is an opinion, but I always just – I can't sit down and just watch a baseball game. Like, I don't know if it's you two. Like on TV, I can't just sit down, sit down and just watch a baseball game from beginning to end. I just find it too boring. Like how do you feel about that? Because I, I just – I can't. But, you know, I could be the only person. Baseball is hands down my favorite sport. I would be lying if I said it was my favorite sport to watch, though. Football is definitely my favorite sport, but I can watch a baseball game from the first inning to the last inning. It's just, I feel as if when you're playing the game, when you're part of the game, you kind of become a student in the game. When I watch a baseball game, I'm, like, watching everything to try to become better. I know it sounds like a cliche, I guess, but when I watch a game, I, I'm actually, like, engaged in the game at all times. Sometimes, of course, like all sports, you're not going to, watch them again and i'm on my phone long through innings and stuff like that but i know a lot of people have a problem watching baseball games and it's just it's just a mindset i guess you have to have like i would rather watch baseball games over uh, basketball games that's a very unpopular opinion but something about baseball and that's how i am with a lot of sports watching baseball or soccer or football these low scoring games i kind of enjoy more than watching basketball because I find basketball a little repetitive because if you're not in the game at the last the fourth quarter I mean is it really a game at that point because you're going to score twos and threes it's just how many points you're going to get it's different for playoffs of course all playoff atmospheres are completely different but for like regular season and stuff I'd rather watch baseball See, baseball isn't as simple as people think it is, just throwing a ball and somebody hitting it and somebody in the outfield catching it and things like that. Like, can you break down the game and tell me all the positions and everybody's roles? Yeah, the thing about baseball is a lot of people think it's easy because it is true. Uh, the best players in the game, they only succeed three out of ten times. That, that's the thing that everyone says about baseball. You fail more than you succeed. So when people say, oh, you only get three hits out of 10 times you go up, that seems like terrible compared to like basketball where you have to shoot 50% or more. So each position is difficult to go through. I mean, people always debate the hardest position. It's definitely pitcher and catcher. You, pitchers and catchers form like a, a 
like a bro, I don't know, bromance. You have to become so familiar with each other. The pitcher has to have confidence in the catcher. The catcher has to be confident in the pitcher will make the pitch. Um, first base is where I play most of my time. So first base is most plays end at first. Uh, ground ball into the infield to get thrown to first. First just catches the ball. Second is and they make fun of the second baseman because they usually have the weakest arm. They can't make throws from shortstop, so they get placed at second. Uh, those are just it's just routine stuff. Double plays, if people don't know what that is, is when there's a man on first or second, first and second or first, and there's a ball. It's called a force out. You don't have to tag the person. <laughs> Baseball is a complicated game to explain. But um, shortstop is also considered toughest position. You're the captain of the infield. You just do whatever is needed. Most of the time, it's just ground balls and stuff. But you take control of the infield. Third base is called the hot corner because when righties are up at bat and they hit the ball hard, it goes straight to third. Then you have just the outfield positions, left field, center field, and right field. Center field is the captain of the outfield. I remember I remember back in middle school, I tried trying out for baseball. You know, I was a little, you know, I was, I have friends that play baseball, you know, I just wanted to see what it was about. I didn't make the team, you know, that's whatever. I mean, they, they, I was too good for them anyway. You know? like, when did you try out? Uh, I think seventh. Cause quickly, oh, man, seventh grade. I was literally the only seventh grader who made the team, like, actually tried out. Michael Danny made it because he didn't try out, but he was a catcher. So they're like, we need another catcher. But I was literally the only seventh grade. I didn't think I was going to make it either at the time. But, it was, okay. you know, I thought I thought I was, you know, a little good, even though I didn't play at all. But yeah, I was too good for him anyway, so it doesn't even matter. But coaches, all right, first of all, who is the coach for the varsity baseball team for people who don't know? Uh, Frank Esposito. Yeah, great coach. What is the nickname that you guys have for that coach? Uh, really, I don't call him. We call him Espo. Everyone calls him Espo. No one calls him Esposito. Um, I don't anybody know that when I say Coach Espo, they know who I'm talking about. Yeah, no one says Esposito. Everyone says Espo. All right, so coaches in all types of sports specialize in a different element of their their game, whatever game it is. It could be football. Basketball, tennis, soccer, it doesn't matter. They all specialize in different elements. So, for baseball, what does Coach Espo specialize in when he comes to, to coach the team? Um, with baseball, coaches – baseball is, out of all the team sports, the most individual sport. I mean, your teammates aren't going up there and swinging the bat for you or making the throws for you. And it's kind of the same thing with coaching is that you need – there are levels of coaching, but out of all the sports, I think baseball is definitely the most individual sport. Same thing with coaching. But there's definitely aspects where coaches have to uh, prepare themselves and prepare the team. Uh, for examples, such things as like, oh, um, am I going to bunt a person over? Uh, in baseball, you, of course, swing a bat. But there's times where it's easier to uh, place a bunt down. So we like to play small ball, we call it. That's what people will call it. Uh, that's just basically try to try to get chip away at runs when you have the opportunity. Say you get someone at someone gets a hit, you want to bunt them over to second base. So you just lay down a bunt and they get into second base, which is a scoring position. And then you hope uh, there's three outs in baseball, so you hope the next two guys get a hit. It's called a sacrifice bunt. So we do sacrifice bunt a lot to try to get runners in scoring positions. Part of small ball. 
Um, that's what he kind of specializes in, the small ball kind of way that we play. Um, coaches also have to make decisions on who's pitching the games, you know, just who's starting, who's hitting where, who's going to come up big in certain situations, who's clutch. All these things coaches have to think about, and that's the difference between a great coach and a bad coach. Are the players going to perform when you get placed in that scenario? So I hear a lot of people talk about Coach Espo. It's been a couple of years now. And a lot of people have talked about kind of the, the, the inspiration that they've gotten from him and all the things that, that he has taught the people, all the players. And everybody speaks so highly of him whenever I hear about him. So can you talk about some of the life lessons that you've learned from Coach Espo? Coach, a lot of coaches in the high school are, uh, are tough love. I, I, don't, I don't know any coaches that aren't. And Espo is definitely one of them who, who brings that tough love mentality. Uh, when I first got there in 10th grade, I got called up. I, I was, I was going to be nervous, of course. But I knew I always – this is what I always told myself. I said, go out there and just play baseball. You've been doing this for forever how long. Just go out there and play baseball. And when I got called up, I did. And I performed well. But um, one of the stories is, is uh, Coach Espo. He, he actually was going to put me back on the bench because I got called up because someone got suspended for the team. And then his son, uh, also Espo, uh, he was like, no, we should start him. So I kind of learned that even if you worked hard and, and you think you deserve something, that does not always mean you deserve something. You still got to go out there and prove it. So then the next game, I went out there and I kind of had a grudge on my shoulder. I hit a home run. But that was like kind of mentality that I learned is that even though you think you deserved it and you, you've worked hard for it, you got to still go out there and continue to, to impress people, to improve, to get better. That's one of the value lessons I learned. Unfortunately, before the school year was indefinitely postponed for us as well and eventually got canceled, we were told that the winter season, the rest of it, that was boys and girls basketball, LIC championship games, and the spring season, for all sports was going to be canceled because of the coronavirus. What was the reaction from you and the rest of the team when you guys first heard this news? As soon as I heard of COVID, I was like, if this gets to America, it, it's not going to be good because I, I kind of had a feeling that it just wasn't good. And as soon as I heard there's cases in New York, I kind of knew the end was coming. It was inevitable. But when you actually finally hear it, 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 it still, it hurts. It, it hurts as someone who, who trained, who, who always looked forward to a senior season, uh, that it was cut short. I mean, I, it's something that you look forward to. When you even get from middle school, you always envision going on varsity. That 10th grade year, when I finally get called up, it's just something that it's my team now. It's something that not a lot of people get to say. But when, when it was cut short, it, it definitely hurt. All the hours I put in, training, whether it was going to the gym or just going to the field and hitting, fielding ground balls, just just working on the craft, just for it to get taken away, it, it definitely hurt a lot. So you've been talking about the work that you put in and all the timeless hours, time in the gym, time hitting, like you were just mentioning. Who were you planning on dedicating this spring season to? Um, it was definitely uh, last year, uh, uh, May 6th, actually, my coach uh, named Rob, he became more than a coach, but Rob Oliveri, he, uh, he passed away from a heart attack at 49. 
and uh, it hit me hard. It hit me hard uh, last season. I, I definitely uh, – I didn't feel like the same person. Every time I picked up a baseball glove, it didn't feel the same. Because he was my first travel team coach. I, he was just always a little league figure for everyone. And over the years, we just got closer and closer. So when I when I heard the news, it was, it was definitely tough. And he would always make the same joke that we would get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. Because him and Frank Esposito, it, it wasn't a – they were together. So it was kind of funny at sanitation. But it wasn't a, a great – I want to say – I don't know how to describe the relationship, but it wasn't a, a positive relationship with us and the Royals. So, but he was always joke. He would always joke. We'd get to the first round and lose. So I kind of had a grudge this season. I was like, I want to get past the first round. I, I just want to see. I, I don't know. It was just something. But it was definitely being dedicated to my coach, uh, Rob Oliver. How did you guys find out? Not you guys. I apologize. Because Matthew was a potential pick to be here. Matt Cabrama also had. A question for Rob Pitts for Matt Cabrama. So I understand you guys were both very close to him, and he was very close to you guys. And you already answered the question that I had about Rob. So rest in peace, Rob. I understand he's a great guy. I heard a lot about him, surprisingly, even though I'm not a baseball guy. There's a lot of my friends around me, like Matt, Justin Rivera, Isaiah Place, all played you know, around baseball and were with him a lot as well. So how did, the, how did this first love for baseball come, and when did you first realize that you could really go somewhere with your talents? Uh, I always say that my dad has a big impact on my sports because every single sports team he follows, uh, I follow almost all sports he follows. So it was 2006. Uh, I don't even know how I remember it. I was four years old and the Mets were playing uh, in the NLCS against the Cardinals. And this guy named Andy Chavez made a catch over the wall. And I still remember it vividly. I don't know how, you know, it's four. And just through T-ball, it just it just becomes sports. Just, it just happens, I guess. It, it's thanks to my parents because they, they're the ones that put you through it. Without them, you know, who knows if I would have ever stepped foot into a, a sports or whatever. But ever since I was five, it was either baseball or soccer. I've always just been around the games. And I just fell in love with it. It just becomes something that, it becomes natural, you know? It, it doesn't even feel like it's different at that point. You just feel natural about it. Like, when you're, when you're not playing it, that's when you miss it. But when, you, when you're playing it, it just feels like normal. Like, the grind 24-7, it honestly just feels normal. I play baseball through spring, through fall. And in the winter, I'm work, uh, we have baseball workouts. It's just normal. It's not something different. It's not something, oh, we have baseball today. It's just, it just becomes normality. So when is the last time you picked up a bat and when I started swinging? Uh, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, we went and hit. Me and uh, my brother, Don, we go out a lot into the cages and hit and throw. That's a good thing about having a brother who plays baseball as well. I have the option to, to drag him out the house and go and play. As much as I love to talk about baseball because I'm not, you know, the best when it comes to baseball, I want to move away from baseball a little bit and talk about our senior year because us, as me and you both, were both seniors, and our 2020 year at Boulder Senior High School was cut short, and we were kind of wiped of our dreams of spending our last couple of months together. How did you feel when you found out officially that our senior year was cut? 
it it definitely hurt a little bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was more a hurt from baseball getting uh, cut, but losing this the seniors, it was just it kind of hurt because my two older brothers went through it. They I've seen them growing up, watching them walk the walk the graduation ceremony and. It's senior cut day. I was gonna say and senior cut day. Uh, all that type of stuff. It, the nerf wars that my brothers went through. That kind of hurt, but also I kind of realized that's also another important life lesson. All the stuff that was kind of guaranteed that we thought were guaranteed isn't guaranteed. That's how life is. Nothing's guaranteed in it. There was there anything that you planned on achieving this year that you couldn't because of the coronavirus? Uh, definitely, I, I was definitely going for all county this year for baseball. That that was number one. I, I definitely had a chip. I was disappointed for my eleventh grade year that I didn't get all county. I got all conference, and there was no one else to blame but myself. I started the season off slow, but I was definitely going for all county this year. I I was aiming for at least all county and try to try to even edge into being one of the best players on Island. And losing that really sucked. Uh, from a senior aspect, I don't really think so. Uh, most of the stuff is done, all the hard work. After uh, junior year, all the hard work, and once we find out our rankings and stuff, it kind of was just like, there's really no point in senior year. So I, I kind of wasn't aiming for anything school-wise, but baseball-wise, definitely. I have a question before I get into my final question. So I have two more left for you. This one, you know, a little light one, a little follow-up. Have you been... Staying on track. I mean, school, from what I know at least, the school year just ended. But I could be completely wrong because I don't pay attention. But have you been keeping up with your schoolwork since everything has hit? So when I finally – I was keeping up with my schoolwork. Uh, the fine keeping up. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I haven't been doing any work, but I've been getting the work. And whatever I do get, I mean, I do some of it. But I was like, as soon as I heard that, the grades didn't matter anymore. I was like, that's it. No more work. I went down to, I went downstairs. I was like, mom, the grades don't matter. I'm not doing any work. Yeah, if only my mom would accept that. My mom, my mom said, what do you mean not doing any work? You're, you're at home doing nothing. All I'm asking you is do schoolwork, yada, yada, yada. I was like, okay, okay, you got it. I'm doing my schoolwork. So I continue doing my schoolwork, whatever. Up to the, I didn't do any final projects though. Yes, that, that. But I did. I did most of the schoolwork. No, I did. I did all my schoolwork. You know, Mr. Kelly's here. You know, he could definitely you know vouch for me that I did every single assignment that he said. No, I'm kidding. But I did the same exact thing you did. Once I heard about the grading policy and that the fourth quarter, not that it didn't matter because it still doesn't matter. But the fourth quarter, I guess technically wasn't mandatory, kind of in a sense, depending how you look at it. I completely cut everything since April first. I have not. Opened up Google Classroom. I have not done and I'm done. I was finished. Yeah, I, I was trying post, to. Yeah, post on social media somewhere officially started for me. I was done. Everything went. But, Ray, the final thing I have to say, final question I have for you, is that you recently won several awards when it comes to even this academics for senior awards and also when it comes to the sports awards ceremony that was a couple of days ago. Can you speak about in general, your experience at Bowdoin Senior High School and how it's built your character to now? Uh, Bowdoin Senior High School, it's definitely, I, 
going from middle school to high school, middle school, you think everything's a cakewalk. I mean, grading-wise, school-wise, but my mom and dad always told me that throughout your years of education, everything's just going to get harder and harder. And the high school definitely showed that to me. It definitely showed me that life is just going to get harder. That's one of the most important things. And that you can't stay complacent. You got to continue working on everything you do, whether it's schoolwork, sports, crafts, whatever. You have to, to continue trying to get better at everything you do because there will always be someone coming at you coming at i know it's it was our friends and stuff but even school-wise rankings it, it's just all competitive it's just all those awards is that it's either me or you and that's kind of always mentality i have the whoever's the best gets the best it's, it's that simple of course there are always going to be advantages in certain scenarios and even if you work as hard as you like you'll never get there or even if you do, they'll give it to someone else. And that's also another lesson I learned. Nothing's guaranteed in life. doesn't matter how hard you work or how much effort you put in. They can all get taken away from you. That, I think that's one of the biggest things that everyone should have learned from this whole pandemic is that nothing is guaranteed in life. And that just continue to working hard because it's, it's literally only the start. We're only 17 and 18 and we have our whole life ahead of us. And, I think our next four years, whether it's college or training school or whatever you want to do in life, is, is going to be the most important years of our life and define who we really are inside. Finally, that was a beautiful answer, by the way. But finally, Mike, I always ask people to do this. Can you just give one final message for the coronavirus and for the people that are listening about the coronavirus? We're not going to get into the Black Lives Matter movement right now. <laughs> can you just talk about quarantine and the coronavirus stay strong everyone's got to stay strong uh do something learn something new don't just sit around and do nothing i mean i know i said i play video games all the time but at least i'm doing something don't don't just sit around and and think into craziness and do whatever just just try something new i mean it it's pandemic and i know a lot of people think it's it's over and going outside and stuff but this is not the case we got to stay safe and stay strong whether it's whatever you're going into stay safe and stay strong that's all that's all i have to say thank you michael Perret, all time one of the best athletes i know you know soccer baseball just a, just just a name you know he walks into your gym period just does whatever he wants you know just freely plays kills everybody i mean it's you know it's it's fine all right i understand you beat me in soccer i'm just thinking it's that guy nowadays <laughs> thank you michael i appreciate you talking to me in this interview with a bold and brewing sports podcast i hope you have a blessed day and i hope you and your family stay safe during this quarantine thank you tyler you and your family too thank you and that was another great interview tyler you are amazing and although you guys heard Tyler interview Mikey on things mostly related to baseball, I can tell you that, at least for me, I know Michael as my goalkeeper for years and years and years and years. At all the sports that I played, it is safe to say that Michael is one of, if not my favorite teammate of all time across all sports that I've played throughout my lifetime. So, Michael, I hope you and your family are doing safe. Thank you for joining the show. And for the listeners out there, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bald and Bruin Sports Podcast. Once again, if you are looking to host this show next year, we're looking for you. 
If you want to host a Bold and Bruins Sports Podcast next year, DM at Bruins Podcast on Instagram or email Mr. Kelly. That is K-E-L-L-E-Y-G-R at BaldwinSchools.org. That's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening in, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening in on this edition of the Baldwin Bruins Sports Podcast. Be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Bruins Podcast. Join us next time for more news, analysis, interviews, and everything Baldwin Sports.